really high level rental income, operating expenses. That gives you your net operating income, subtract out your debt service, and that gives you your cash flow. Welcome to the Break Free Real Estate Podcast, your daily guide to financial freedom through real estate. I am your host, Jocelyn Kaufman, and I'm here with my co-host, David Robinson. And today, David and I are going to talk about cash flow. So specifically, how to analyze cash flow. And David, do you want to just generalize it for us? Yeah. So we'll make this super, super basic. At the highest, look at this almost like a funnel. Okay. At the highest level, you have your rental income. Okay, so uh, anything that you're collecting uh, from rents on the property, collecting from your tenants, then you have your operating expenses, any expenses associated with operating the rental property, that gives you your net operating income. Once you have your net operating income, then you have your loan payment if you have debt on the property. So that's known as you know your debt service. So whatever your payment is for that loan, so your interest payment or principal and interest, and then that gives you your net income or what we call cash flow. So really high level rental income, operating expenses, that gives you your net operating income, subtract out your debt service, and that gives you your cash flow. Now nice. that's a very, very broad, basic overview. Maybe give us a little bit of color on that as well. Nice, David. I um, think that, that you did a great job at generalizing it. It's literally just the money that you have after everything's paid, right? That's that's what your cash flow is. So um, your rental income, you can include in this income fee, any fees that you charge. So late fees, if you have pet fees. Um, and don't forget about charging these fees to your tenants because even though sometimes it's like, oh, you paid a couple of days late, I'll waive the late fee. Don't waive it, keep it because that will make them pay on time and you're gonna add to your cash flow. Um, and then utility costs, you're gonna, that's gonna be part of your expenses. But again, you can defer those utility costs to your tenants if you choose. So if you're, let's say you have a fourplex and they're all separately metered, have all of your tenants have gas and electric in their name, but then you could even go as far as deferring the water and sewer and dividing that up to each of the tenants each month. Or if you want to take it on, charge a little extra rent, then that's going to be one of your expenses. Um, if you have any HOA uh, costs, those are going to be part of your expenses. Again, you could defer those costs to the tenants if um, that's what you wanted to do. And then taxes and insurance. If you don't have an escrow account, then you want to make sure that you're putting aside um, the proper amount for taxes and insurance each month. For instance, I have a property, a couple properties where I have to pay those separately. And so I have a savings account dedicated just for those that I put in the amount of money I need to every month out of my cash flow. And lastly, capital expenditures. This is one that people don't think about. Um, I personally make it a point to put aside 10% of my gross income into a savings account. And I use this savings account for capital expenditures, which can be like a roof, um, house painting, a bunch of other things. But I also use it for like the little maintenance things monthly that I, I'm not expecting. So I like to put aside 10% of my gross income. That way, the money that I'm cash flowing, essentially, I could go spend that if I wanted to. I could spend that 
um, every month if I wanted to, and it wouldn't affect me if I had something go wrong on the property. And then one last cost, depending on if you're managing the property yourself, if you have to have a property manager, then usually you need to be put a, putting aside 10% for them as well. And then whatever you have left is your income. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to pass, pass the baton to you, David. Do you have anything else to add about cash flow? No, I just think that, um, it, that it can get pretty nuanced. I think the key early on is to be very, uh, look at this from a very basic level. And there are going to be times, depending upon the market that you're in, that every deal is not going to have a significant amount of cash flow out the gate. So we're in Utah. Utah is a high growth market and the rent to, uh, to value ratio isn't such that you're going to have really high cash flowing properties in many cases. So the reality is there's going to be times when cash flow as is at a minimum. And of course, you can always put down more money, which increases the amount of cash flow. And I am a proponent of always buying property that is at least break even, breaking even and has a little bit of cash flow in it. That being said, it doesn't always mean that a deal is a bad deal if it's not cash flowing. That just means that you may be taking on a little bit more risk because you're using more leverage versus putting more down payment into the property. Bottom line is all I'm saying is that you know we we always want to analyze for cash flow and cash flow is an important metric to be tracking. That being said, there are going to be circumstances where you may have less cash flow or or a little bit of cash flow and that's still not a bad move uh for an investment property simply because there's other ways that you're benefiting whether it be from the tax benefits, whether it being from the debt pay down, whether it be from the appreciation that you're achieving on the property. Anything you'd add? Yeah, David, that's great and um we're definitely going to do full episodes on uh, principal reduction and a lot of those things that you're talking about, um, explaining why it's not always a bad thing if you have negative cash flow. Obviously, try to not have negative cash flow and buy properties that are paying for themselves. But um, depending on your situation, you may benefit more from taking on a property that has um, a little bit of negative cash flow. But we actually have a free tool for you guys. If you go to breakfreerealestate.com slash cash flow, we have an article breaking down pretty much everything that we've talked about. And we go into depth, depth a little bit more. And then included in that is a spreadsheet that you can use to analyze your properties to find the cash flow. Is there anything you want to add, David? No, go check that out. What was the link again? Or I guess Break. we'll link to it in the show notes, but go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, we'll is. link to it. And it's breakfreerealestate.com slash cash flow. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for today. For more daily investing tips and real estate secrets, don't forget to visit breakfreerealestate.com and make sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. We will see you tomorrow.